Hello, and welcome to the Five Core Life Podcast with Will Moore, founder of More Momentum. On today's episode of the Five Core Life, Will sits down with former NFL player Anthony Trucks, who despite making it to the NFL, hit rock bottom. Trucks shows how to use discipline to excel and how your brain is just like a computer. Anthony Trucks explains the importance of avoiding safe mode and getting stuck using an outdated operating system. Will and Anthony discuss the importance of shining a spotlight on your life to avoid hovering just above rock bottom and realizing that happiness and success await you if you're willing to identify what will make you truly happy and doing the work to get there. Are you ready to fire in all cylinders? If so, let's go. Everyone has the same five core areas of their life that ultimately determine how happy they'll be. Unfortunately, most of us have developed failure habits in each, and it's Will Moore's mission to help replace those with success habits to maximize momentum. After exiting his business for a combined nine-figure sum, Will learned it's not just about becoming an entrepreneur of your career, but an entrepreneur of the most important business you'll ever run, your life. And to crush it in your life requires firing on all cylinders in your five cores by continually taking action, building habits, and maintaining balance in each. Anyways, man, how are you? Thanks for joining us, bro. I'm great, man. I got my workout in this morning. Today is one of my, I got a, a mastermind I run, so I'm running it for two straight days tomorrow the next day. So today's like my chill, let my brain break day. So I'm good, man. Just hang out with the family today. You got to have the breaks, right? We got a holiday coming up, which will be another little break. So tell me about, mm-hmm. what, tell me about you, this mastermind you got, this, the working out, all of it coming together. Tell us a little to the audience about yourself. Oh, yeah, man. My, my daily uh, flow, like especially nowadays, is trying to maintain motion and movement because movement is, is for me, it's big. Like if I'm moving, I feel better about myself. Like yeah. Psychology, physiology, it all ties together. Uh, so I, I get up in the morning while my, my vampire family sleeps because they stay up to like three in the morning. It's super weird. I got like three kids and a wife and they are like night owls and I'm passed out on the couch before their night begins so oh, uh i get up early i get my morning workout in did my peloton this morning and then uh then, oh, yeah, you do I, was, peloton? I do yeah, i like it you know it's, it's uh my wife does the little youtube videos but the app i like the app man i just pop on the app go to work get my workout in and do you do the bike do you do the do you do the um the running what, which what do you do i do the bike man I'm, I'm like 240 pounds i'm not a runner i'm not built for that i can sprint i can sprint that. I mean, former NFL guy, so, like, sprinting yeah. is my thing. I'll go to the track, but, yeah, man, I just like the low impact, sprint it out on the bike, you know, start huffing and puffing. My wife, we have this weird thing where the sound travels down our long hallway, so she'll be like, what were you doing out there? Like, because it sounds odd, like, <sighs> like, consistently. <laughs> yeah, no, that's what I do, man. And then uh, Mastermind tomorrow, it's, uh, I have a group of people that have gone to my programs, and we spend two days every 90 days doing, like, a deep immersion into their business and, and their life and kind of what they need to work on. And then we, we come out of that with a full 90-day plan, and we keep them accountable week to week. Oh, man, I love it, dude. You're, you're, you're one of the good ones. I just did a 5-4 live, and I was talking about how, you know, the emo- the fifth core that I have these five cores I talk about and the fifth yeah, one is yeah. the emotional health and giving back and that giving back one it's like once you've started doing it and you get a name for it and you see how much better you feel when you're contributing to the world versus yeah, taking yeah. away from it when you're doing good when the world mm-hmm. goes okay we're better for having you in it than, yeah. than, than not and there's there's just no better feeling right you're out Nothing, there you're helping people and you're helping yeah. yourself and you're building yeah. that momentum and I find people who uh, who that space are like entrepreneurs creating something. It actually strips away from that imposter syndrome of like I don't know if I should be doing this kind of thing. Like it helps add like no no no, I'm doing good. Like I I deserve to do, have good things. It's a weird 
like mental thing people go through. But when you start giving, you feel like you can receive more oddly. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. And it's like in our human nature to just be greedy. And, and, you know, it's like back, you know, our primal, our primal selves. It was like, well, I got to survive here and there's mm -hmm. only a certain amount of meat. So I better yeah. either kill that guy or get the meat first. And so I guess I tell people, it's like, that's okay. You gotta, you're not a bad person for, mm -hmm. for, for having selfish thoughts and whatnot. Right. No. Um, but it's it's, you're aware of it and you go, okay, well, but that's not, I'm going to tap into my higher self. And yeah. I've, we've evolved past where my brain needs to be that way. And that yeah. no longer really serves me. And if I can like be in that small percentage of people that's like raising above it and actually actively spending my life helping others, the amount that comes back is insane. And yeah. it's, it's a cool feeling. You feel because better. Are you helping others, right? You're contributing, so you feel good. But then you're also getting all this awesome stuff coming your way. Yeah, it's like the uh, the Freudian id ego super ego concept, like how it is our baseline desires, and then the super ego is the top, like super structured regimen, and like people have like OCD, and the ego is where it balances out. That's so what you're talking about. Is like we don't like my my youngest son is super just id. He just he is almost like he's super selfish, but he he's not. He just thinks of only what he wants and needs right now. And so like there's this baseline. And I'm like, dude, you gotta you gotta go up here a little bit. Like don't always think of you, and then you find a good little middle spot. We call that a good life. That's a good. How old is your son? Uh, my youngest is ten. I have twins that are ten, almost eleven. I got an oldest that's fifteen. Just started driving. Oh, is it boy and girl? Two boys. Uh, boy and girl for the twins. Oldest is a boy. My wife's a twin. She's is uh, oh. two girls. They're not identical, but so yeah, gotcha. I'm familiar with that. That's that's a that's apparently a very very difficult time in the beginning, right? When they're twins. Fifty fifty one percent of uh, people like divorce who have twins multiples. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's crazy high. I believe it because I'm I'm actually with my wife and her parents now. We're we're um, celebrating Fourth of July together, and nice. it's, they like to tell stories about like that first two years. They're like sleep. What was sleep? They're like, oh man, it you is know. crazy. But you don't you don't have a life, yeah, right? Unless they're on the same schedule, which doesn't happen. No, but then they get to that stage, right? When then they're playing with each other, you're like, oh my god. Yeah, I think they took parts of each other away. One, like my son, like he's like ADHD. He has no chill, none whatsoever. Just that he's always, but he's super logical. He's, he thinks a lot. Whereas my daughter, super chill, very airy, just loopy, just does her thing. Like they they stole each other's logic and and calm. It's weird. It's like one has too much. Ding yang action. It is so they interesting to watch. Maybe that's a good thing. They do. I mean, when they're together, they do. Lots of lots of uh, arguments and craziness. I love it though, man. I'm not going to complain. Like I'm, I'm blessed to have healthy, happy kids. But it is an interesting journey. Yeah, I got a one and a four year old man, so I'm, I'm right there with you. It's, uh, it's, it's not for the faint of heart, but that you wouldn't change it for the world, right? No. It's like, and like, okay, so let's get back to what you said at the beginning of this yeah. conversation, which immediately I was like, I love this guy already. Uh, man, I already had researched you and checked you out, so I already knew that you were going to be a. Um, I love what you're doing, and I'm going to be a good guest. You. you said movement, and not yeah. just physically, but mentally. I think that's you know momentum move. That that's more momentum. That's everything I talk about, and it, it, yeah. the key to life. We all, at the end of the day, right? There's all this crazy stuff going on in the world. There's black versus white, Democrats versus Republicans, men versus mm -hmm. women, and we're we're kind yeah. of taking a step back here. And, and we're forgetting like what it's all about, which is that it's all about just moving, making progress. And the best way to do that is to come together with other people and have them yeah. help us and we help them. If you're, otherwise you're just fighting upstream. You're fighting all day long. Seeing that, yeah. all this stuff. I mean, 
we're on the brink of a civil war here, dude. I mean, oh man, we might, we, yeah, we're kind of in our own version of it. I see Angie Lee on hey, Angie Lee, but yeah, we are in like the uh, the brink of like I don't know about a real one, but we are in one. There's legitimately the separation. Some are more you know silenced than others, but it's definitively a separation in a lot of different lines. Right, and so I I, I try not to get into politics, but they always spill in. Um, it's life. We're all living it. From you, we probably believe the same thing, but you know, it's like. Right now, you see, you know, you wake up and you see a headline like the one yesterday of these these two gun touting people, and there was a Black Lives Parade going by, and they come out one with this like this guy's got his AK forty seven, and this yeah. and his wife's got a, a little pistol a handgun pointing it at Prudz, and you're just like, no, you're going the wrong way. Yeah, like, this is it's just reversing any progress we've made, and here it here it is, Fourth of July coming up. Yeah. What are what are we? Let's look at the roots and the big picture and step back. Mm -hmm. And we were born uh, as a country of immigrants and people from all ethnicities, races yeah. from all over, coming mm -hmm. together, working together, and forming this country. Now, granted, obviously, you know, slavery. Some, some did, yeah, the different work, different jobs to build it. Totally get it. Yeah. Right. Thank God we got over that. You know. Yeah. But, but that you know that's what and and by when we're when we're just doing this and we're fighting against each other and we're picking sides we're never going to make progress and we're running out of time i don't know your stance yeah. on global warming and these types of things but you know it's, i read it's something today that the, the, the south pole i believe is uh, is heating up three times the speed of the rest of the world yeah, at this moment all that. like it's crazy yeah we are uh, yeah it's almost like those like apocalyptic times for those who are non-biblical it's like the end of days or revelations it's I, I thought because at the same time as it being scary like this, it's also exciting because uh, like I feel like we're gonna this world's gonna still be around for a while. Like it's gonna be around for my lifetime and a few lifetimes. I don't think global warming's gonna melt the planet like immediately unless something crazy right. happens. But the, the thing that I've noticed with change, and actually I got this from Robin Sharma. I love his work, and he says, you know, change is this interesting thing where when you truly think about change, and we all want to change in some capacity, right? You find that change is very hard in the beginning, ugly in the middle, but then it's beautiful at the end. And I think we, we got to this thing of we're like, we're just in a very hard year. Like, it's just very hard uh, between like, the, you know, the world becoming this shut down place. Kobe Bryant passed away and hits the world a different emotional space. And now it's like, stay home. Don't go see humans. And we're built for a connection. Don't go see people. Sit at right. home. You could die at the same time. Like, oh, you know, and so there's that freak out. And then you have the yeah. racial stirring up. And it's everybody is just so emotionally on red alert. And it's just it's it's drawing at our uh, our just sheer emotional tank for a lot of people, and those that don't have a lot of joy, like I just it's difficult. And then the world opens up. It's like oh, there's some light. Like no, there's more tests and people are sick. Close it back down. And so I, I do see what you're saying in a sense of like man, it's scary. But at the same time, it's like if I think about the path of change, we're in hard right now. I don't even think we're in ugly. Like I, I think ugly. You're seeing parts of it with like the people coming out, the guns. Like there's gonna be as the world changes, those who want to stay in the old world are going to fight against those pulling them towards the new world that we're going to find ugly. And then at the back end, and it might be generations from now, I think then we find like that beauty. And I'm, I'm cool with waiting. I'm cool with not even seeing it myself once my kids get a chance to see it or something. But, but I'm excited for what the world can be because all, all change in the positive. And even in our parts of life, it's all come at the cost of difficulty. Like even having a better body comes with the difficulty of sweating and like killing yourself in a weight room, right? Or a better job comes with tedious hours of studying a book or taking these courses. Like it all comes with that. So we're there. And I'm fine with being here right now. 
Love it, man. Preach. That's good. That's that's exactly, you know, and that ties into, I'm always talking about habits and, and I'm sure as, as a guy that's gotten to where you are, you can't gotten to where you, you, you've been able to get both physically and mentally without developing certain habits and routines. And so I'm yeah. always preaching about that and how mm -hmm. important that is. And like you just said, I call it like, you know, it's hard in the beginning, ugly, you know, it's changed. It's, it's front loaded is what I, I the word I'll, I'll use. It's like very much so we've developed a lot of these, I call them failure habits in, in these different areas of our life. You know, I call them the course, different people call them different things, but mm -hmm. you know, physically your relationships, your mindset, you know, are you confident or are, are you an owner? Or are you a victim? Um, and these things. And the whole, the whole thing is like, okay, what, Are you, you know, are you willing to be disciplined to put in that work that's needed to basically say, okay, I want to get from here to here. This is the type of person I want to be. I know my habits right now are killing me, mm -hmm. and but it's okay. Hey, I know how it goes, man. That means you're an important guy. Take the call. Yeah. Maybe no, it's all no, right, no. I take the call, but I just hope he stops calling. Hold on one second. Hold on. scroll through while he's doing his thing to see I don't speak I don't speak Spanish I don't even speak Persian but I like the the, the request for you checking out some of the some of these people comments. we're talking about all coming they together want me to speak, yeah let me speak Spanish and Persian I don't have any of that in me I did watch the Prince of Persia once but I don't know how to speak Persian <laughs> <laughs> yeah well it probably doesn't quite count especially since yeah, man. played played him <laughs> uh Jill and Hall one of my faves actually yeah he's a good actor you sure he did huh yeah so, like, like Brad Pitt being a Mexican right 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 <laughs> So yeah, getting back, but yeah, I mean, it's like, um, so that, that change habits, you know, it's about changing those habits. It's not going to be easy at first. You got to build that moment. You know, you got to start and it takes day by day discipline saying, this is the person I want to become. This is the habit I want to develop. And you just yeah. do it and you make it till you make it and you do it over and over until then it becomes part of you, right? Then it becomes for instead of against you because habits don't care if they're good or bad, right? They're going to do their thing no matter what. Yeah, they're, they exist anyways. Right, your subconscious all of a sudden it's like okay because your 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 habits come from your brain trying to conserve energy. They're basically like okay, well I got too much going on, so I'm just going to go ahead and make this an automatic thing. And if it's a bad yeah. working against you, like you're saying, movement and you're not moving and you're stagnant, whether it's physically or whether it's mentally, you're going to have some problems. But if you can get yeah. to that point, every habit you have is involved in growth and and becoming that. It is. It's a process. We're we're efficiency machines, and I think you know body wise, we're thinking about physically. We're, we're built to find efficiency. That's why people who run typically lose weight. People who gain muscle gain, you know, they lift heavy weights because the body's adapting to do this thing you want to do easier. And so even with psychology, like our brain is trying. So like everything comes in a prefrontal cortex. We learn it, and it drops back to the hippocampus where it's just more automated. So yeah. whether you know you're doing it or not, you're always developing habits because this thing you're doing, and the body and the mind are like, how can I make this easier? That's why at first it's hard to ride a bike. And then after a while, like I can ride a bike and talk on the phone and chew gum and like, you know, throw newspapers. So for us as humans, the idea is use that to your advantage. Like I'm like, use it hundred percent. I'm big on habits too. One of my main core areas is, is habits, like trigger track outcome, which if it's from like Charles Duhigg's book, you know, the, the power of habits, I think he calls it like something benefits, uh, something with like the, 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 the same three things, what triggers it, 
what process do you go down? What's the benefit you get? And if you understand that, you can control those things and those become assets to you. So yes, they're hard. They're not always fun to do, but the reality is, is don't do it just because you're hoping I'll figure it out. Your brain will naturally over time legitimately just process it, figure it out. It will happen, but you got to lean towards it. If not, it, yeah, it doesn't happen. You just sit there and like, why don't I have a good life? Yeah, so sorry to cut you off there, but you're good. I think you can't just say, okay, I want to do this. We all know, right? You got to connect with your why. You got to say, why does this make sense for me to do it? Mm-hmm. And then you have to have some sort of system. So one of the things that drives me crazy, and it sounds like you, you're doing the right thing, is helping people with the system and step. But when you know you read something or a book, and, and it's all this motivation, and you get super like, yes, I, I, this is the, the secret to life. I'm going to change everything. And then five minutes later, you get distracted because we're living in this instant generation, and it's gone mm-hmm. forever, right? Yeah. If you don't have something like an accountability, I think you used earlier, that's the key. You got to have a system and you say, okay, now I got to hold myself accountable or have somebody mm-hmm. else hold me accountable. And unfortunately, yeah. this, this, again, that's another way we were talking about earlier, our primal instincts and the way our brains work. It's just kind of how we work. And especially now, if we don't have a system to keep us on track, we're going to maybe do it one or two days and we're going to go, oh, this is hard. I don't like this. And then, mm-hmm. oh, let me go get that low hanging fruit over here. That's much easier. And then all of a sudden you're back to your old failure habit, right? Yeah. Yeah, so cycles speak, back around. Yeah. So speaking of that, let's talk about some habits. Let's talk about, um, you know, before, you know, obviously you're, you're, you're killing it now. Are there certain habits that older habits that you used to have that you realize, you know what, these ain't doing me any good? Oh, yeah. See what we were just talking about and overcome them? Yeah, hundred percent. One of my, my guys out here, Sean Merla, uh, he actually talked about atomic habits. James Clear has a book on this. I haven't read the book, but I've heard amazing things about it. So it's up in my docket, like two books away. It's phenomenal. Um, yeah. So essentially for me, like I got a few habits. I look at the past, like a lot of my habits were, cause I think it shows up in our actions. I'm really big on noticing that obviously habits are actions, but for me, I had a lot of the, uh, the egotistical ones, which were, I would never give myself permission to be wrong. Like back, you know, probably 10 years ago, a decade now, like I come out of the NFL trying to figure out my life and I realized like I was I was not very good at admitting I needed, you know, help. And so anytime something would would show itself to me that I didn't want to admit, like I wasn't great at business, wasn't a great husband, wasn't a great dad, my habits were to shut off things, you know, to cut people off, to do and like it was a bad habit because what happened is I did not I didn't give myself an opening to improve. So not at all, just going in the other direction. No, you don't. You, you, what you'll do is justify or you'll argue in the opposite because no one wants to feel bad. Nobody wants to genuinely feel bad about what's going on. And so what I'll do is I got to do one of two things in these moments. One, I have to fire the habit of disowning and demeaning this thing so I can stand my position and stay tall. Or I have to admit that it's right and I got to feel small. So tall or small, most people choose tall all day long. So when you feel small, though, here's the beauty. Like you feel, when you get to that level of like feeling small, like, man, I got to get bigger. And how do I get bigger? I admit I got a problem. I understand the habit has to change. You got to tweak something. And then I can actually start giving myself permission to improve. And once you give yourself permission to improve one time, you understand that you don't die. Like you're going to live. Like it's going to be okay. And then you start realizing, oh, like I can actually, I can be better in a lot of areas by giving myself permission and owning it. Like, like Eminem on 8 Mile. Like, yeah, I do live in a trailer park. I am, you know, white trash. Like, just own it. Like, okay, I suck. Now I can get better. And then what happens is now people can start putting time and energy into reading that book, going to the seminar. And if somebody challenges you, say, yeah, and that gets who I am. And so I'm trying to get better. Like, own it. And until you do that, if your habits keep firing up and protecting this limitation you have, Gay Hendricks says you get to keep it. I love it, man. I love it. Right. And what you just said reminded me, I'm, I'm mentoring some, some people right now, some uh, few college students. 
um, from my alma mater. And one mm -hmm. of them said, you know, each generation, I feel like there's this stigma with self-help and personal development. Although mm -hmm. the good news is I feel like it's getting a lot better, right? I feel like, especially mm -hmm. the Gen Zers, they're kind of like, yeah, I want to be the best version of myself. How do I do it? Show me the way, mm -hmm. duh. Whereas, mm -hmm. you know, when, especially when I started getting into it originally, it was like, you you're broken help oh is your brain broken like what's wrong with you like you know and it's like and, and it's so it's, it's getting a lot better but one of the things you just remind me of was one of the things uh millennials are gen gen x is uh, he said is this this word called tryhards is what they use now mm. like, oh why are you trying so hard my, oh, my son you know does this those are those people that are down at the bottom that are just holding on to those bad habits and are afraid to get because they know they're going to, like you just said, feel bad about themselves. If somebody goes above and shoots up into the bright, bold, beautiful sky past them, and they're mm -hmm. grabbing you for dear life, right? Yeah. They're saying, no, stay with us. It's, yeah. it's awesome down here. Yeah. It's not awesome. And it's not. I, you know, I, I calculate, I say there's 95 percenters and 5 percenters. The 5 percenters are those ones that just say, F that herd mentality. I'm just going to do my thing. Like you said, own it. And this is my truth. And I'm yeah. going to go for it. And it's funny. I did a video on this. I, I actually did a video in the back of my truck one time with my, my video crew because my son had been talking about this. They play video games. They call them sweaty tryhards because they grab the controller and try so hard in games, their hands get sweaty. And in the <laughs> moment, I was like, wait, what the hell? I was like, well, if I'm playing a video game, hell yes, I'm trying hard to win. Why is it like a, this demeaning thing that somebody's trying hard? Like, dude, our right. family is not built. Our family's built opposite. So I'd never want to hear you say it again. That's not how we work. Like you will be that tryhard because guess what? They're gonna be trying really hard to catch up to you in life later on. Dude, we just started a new brand. Let's start printing the t-shirts. I'm a yeah. tryhard. I mean, I'm a tryhard all day, bro. Proud of it. Proud of <laughs> yeah. it. You know, seriously. Um, okay, so so going back to these habits. So basically, one of the things. So you basically, you know, and the underlying thing that I. I, that you didn't actually use the word, I don't think, but that I saw in your entire, when you're talking about a habit that you want to overcome, which is kind of, you would see, see something that you didn't like in yourself and you'd go the other way versus facing it was fear. That's yeah. that word that, you know, and I think, you know, kind of comes down to like a habit of, are you looking at fear as something to avoid at all costs? Or are you looking at fear as an opportunity to grow? Right. Are you asking, that, me, personally? Are you asking me personally or just saying that people as a general? Well, I was saying for you, your your old habit, it sounded like, was mm. was something you feared because you would start to see, right? You said something that you didn't like about yourself and you would mm -hmm. avoid it versus confronting it. And to me, yeah. I hear you, you fe your fear start coming up and saying, oh, no, I don't want to see that ugly side of me. I'm going to go yeah. this way instead, right? Yeah. Well, I think but then you confronting them, then you, then you grew. You grow because I think this is the fear of failure, we call it, right? There's a fear of trying and failing at it, but there's also the fear of failure in the sense of I might be a failure. And that one's difficult too. So whenever I think people get to the point of having to accept a hardship, they, they think they're accepting that I, I'm a failure. Like, no, 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 you just, you're failing every day by not noticing that. Like, that's the real failure you're running into. But it's not that someone's a, a failure or they have failed in their life. But it's a matter of like, no one wants, no one likes to feel bad, man. That's why, I mean, if you think about it, people who've been criminals, they must justify their actions by like, well, they got a bunch of money. That's why I robbed them. Like, think about, that's what the mind has to do. It's, we make up excuses all day long so we can sleep better at night, even though we know the thing we'll make an excuse of is not valid. Like if someone's a challenge, it, they'd find the holes in it. So it's just this, this excuse making thing we do. And yes, there is a definitive fear of failure and fear of, of oh, this might be me. And then I think it's tied to that try hard thing. People, yeah. as much as they'll talk about it, they don't want to do the work.
Right. It really boils down to the, the kind of work you'll have to do to climb out of that hole of who you are. Most people don't know what it is, or when they do, they're like, I don't want to do that, so I'm going to stay right here. And, and it's more comfortable. The evil you know is better than the evil you don't. So some people love the evil that they know, and they'll be addicted to that crazy struggle forever. That's really well said. Yeah. And I mean, I love how, right, how you put that. It's like, right, people just looking in the mirror is a scary thing. And, and you just said something, which is first, there's first the whole knowing what to do. And then there's the whole, you know, doing it, right? It's like two things. It's not, and, and I do, I want to point that out to people watching because, you know, that's kind of part of what I think you and I are trying to do. Like we genuinely are like, we want to help people know what to do and then we want to help them to do it by developing mm -hmm. a system and an accountability metric and it's yeah. not just like you can't it, it's very hard like with like i said earlier this instant generation you got a million things flying at you from your phone's tracking you to all these things and i'm not saying it's, it's this conspiracy or anything it's just it's the world we're living yeah. in mm -hmm. and it's going to show you more of the same stuff that you already like and 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 know and you know if you're clicking on picks of food and, and, and cake, you know, you're going to see more of that, that type. Right. And so it's like, you gotta, you gotta understand step back fundamentally. And that's what my five cores are about. And I know you have mm -hmm. your mastermind system of what is it that's, in, that, that is going to make you happy. Right. Yeah. And then you got to just start moving on it and then don't stop ever. Yeah. You, you hit a goal I mean, yeah. and then you set another one. He said, you continuously go. My, my world of work is like, it's identity. And so like, I have what's called the ideal identity. There's this aspect that no matter what it is you want in life, there's a person that has that. And you're not that person yet, or you have those things. It's not to say you got to be a different human, but there's a version of your identity that you haven't leveled up into yet. You haven't upgraded to. And so my ideal identity has six core drivers. And those core drivers, you have to architect. Because you're not going to create something accidentally. You're not going to create this perfect right. identity that's just like, oh, man, I got a million dollars and a great body and an awesome spouse and I have happy kids. Like, I wish it worked that way. You're going to have to right. work at something. And so, ironically, if somebody were to hand you that, you wouldn't be happy anyway. You'd break it. You wouldn't be happy because you didn't earn it, and you'd break it. You'd like exactly. someone, if someone gave you a Ferrari and you didn't know how to drive it, you'd run it into the wall. It's like the lottery ruined my life. You ever see that show? Same oh, thing. yeah, yeah. It legitimately does. Majority of people, like there's people who I heard that like are hired at companies that are, like sell jets that are specifically their job is to turn down lottery winners. Like there's people that just do <laughs> craziness. But yeah, it's, it's a different world. So like you're talking about, you have to actually start thinking about who I want to be. I think a lot of people, when they try to find success, it's like, what do I, what do I got to know? What do I got to know? And we're in an age of, of sheer, just an overload of information. We're giving a bunch of information right now. It's right. just a sheer, and I think the information age isn't over um, by any means. It's going to continue to grow. But like we, we've got to, the, I think, a level where like, okay, people grasp. There's a ton of stuff out there. The thing we're missing for success for a lot of people is the execution. So I think we're going to ease into the execution age. And that's difficult for people yeah. because the, the work you have to do to execute the information you have is foreign to a lot of humans. They just don't grasp what the work is. And then when they get into the work, it's very difficult. Mm -hmm. And there's this, uh, this upper limit we create where people actually say, I've done everything I can. It's just too hard. It's not for me. I don't know what else to do. I've worked, if I can't, this, this is not possible. I can't do it. And then you start looking, it's like those things that are overwhelming that person, that are making them like, like shut down, that's my Tuesday morning. Right. What's, you know, like that's, it's not, how are you stressed out? And then like, so my work is really in this specific area. It's like, how do I make those things that overwhelm you easy? Because the problem that opens the, the door, like the key that opens the door to your fortune, your happiness, you're stuck at this problem. You haven't even approached that problem yet. You're not even in front of that problem yet because you're still stuck down here and you keep telling yourself, this is your limit. This is the most I could do. It's so hard. It's the way to get. So when you can find a way to make this hard stuff easy, you can approach the problem that holds the pathway to all your money.
So that's kind of the thing. It's going to be effort. It's going to be work. You got to do your five core. You got to do the, the, the ideal idea. You got to do something right. that helps you craft that. Right. And right. And so everything I do, I try to base the, the stuff I, I, I preach is based on universal principles. I try to say, okay, I've read this like, because I've read thousands of self. I, when it, I hit my rock bottom in college and I was like suicidal. And so, and then I serendipitously discovered the self-help book. And then ever yeah. since then, I have just, I became this beast of like, okay, I'm going to awesome. completely reinvent myself. And, and, and all the books and all the seminars and, and everything, you know, started with tapes, then it went to CDs, then it was, uh, you know, now it's podcasts. You hear a lot of principles, but it said, and I've learned to like understand, oh, he's just saying this, right? Just like earlier, like you were saying, you know, you, one of your habits was you were going in the opposite direction. I immediately knew that that's a principle that's tied to, okay, that's basically you either confront your fears head on and say, F you, I'm going to mm -hmm. use you to make you stronger or mm -hmm. you shy away from them and you never grow. And mm -hmm. so I've kind of tried to say, okay, there's universal principles that have been around since the beginning of time, and they're going to be around till the end. Those are the ones you want to take action on. Yeah, long as humans, yeah, they'll be around. Stuff coming at you in a million. And if somebody promises you the world for nine ninety nine, and that you can be your best self in a week, run. Yeah, run you don't want that either. It's the, it's the investment that makes it feel good. Like if you think right. about it, the best meals I've ever tasted are the ones that I slaved away in the kitchen cooking. Right. Yeah, you know, like. Right. Like this, because it was there's more than just the flavor. It's like, man, this is great chicken because I made it. And so, like, when you do the work, it just has a different feel of uh, of accomplishment, man. That's what you want. Because I think the reason we have these fears and and we don't pursue things is because we're left with a taste in our mouth of poor action that had a poor outcome that told us we suck. But if you have a big action, have a great outcome, you tell yourself you're amazing. You want more of that, so you'll face more things that might scare you, and then after a while, they don't scare you. It's they right. It's it's not this big dark scary thing that you've you've convinced yourself that it is right. Just like you mm -hmm. said, you face you're like, wait, that wasn't so bad. And then that's you know you start to build a little bit of confidence and you start to mm -hmm. have success. And then that grows and it builds momentum upon itself. And then you're like, okay. I can do anything. And like you said, yeah. I mean, I just wish there was a way to just well, first of all, our educational system is broken. That this stuff needs to be put into kids from day be one, nice. right? Yeah. Um, that way you don't have to completely try to rewire. I call it now. Somebody told me this phrase. It was really interesting. It's called reparenting. I don't know if you've heard of this. It's become like a kind of a new thing that people are talking about. It's like, that's what's kind of happening to adults and, and the type of stuff you and I are trying to do. It's like, we're reparenting, right? You learn yeah, yeah, yeah. the wrong way. And now we're kind of saying, okay, let's start, the, let's start back at the beginning as kids. Yeah. This is what, let's start learning. I, yeah. I actually call it uh, reprogramming. It's interesting you say that. I didn't hear it. So like around like in my study of identity, around like 15, 16, those adolescent years, we kind of get programmed with our identity, whether it's what your parents say about money and what you see the world to do in terms of how do we treat certain people and you know, well, what, what a real job is and what real love looks like. And so you start programming and what happens is you now run your life with those, those kind of paradigms and those, those identities kind of running in the background and it just operates. And I look at it kind of like a computer as an operating software, like there's the, the actual operating system software and then there's the hardware. We're the physical body hardware, but the identity is like that computer's operating system. And then software programs, your relationships, your health, your career, like your self-worth. And so what happens is those programs start bogging down when, when you start reaching the, the maximum level for your, uh, your software, your operating system. It's kind of like waking up in 2020 with like Windows 95 identity. Yeah. Like you, you didn't upgrade it. And so what happens is what you call re reparenting, I just call reprogramming. It's yep. like an upgrade of that system going back and saying, I see how it was programmed. 
how do I, and that was mostly unintentional. I was 15, 16. I just, I didn't have an intention of what was going on. It's just what I saw in the world I was around. And so when I get to this love of life and go, oh, you know what, that, that identity isn't working in this world or this, toward this direction I want to go for my goal. I got to reprogram it. But now I can architect that, activate it into the world. Now I can start having a different life. And that's really the, the work that what I do boils down to. So I love that it's like some of the same stuff, it's just different language. So normally I talk about this stuff at the beginning, but I, I, I do want to kind of briefly ask you, so your transition from NFL, to, tell people a little bit about that. And then how did you transition into where you are now and what you're doing? Like, what was the path? Yeah, I broke everything in my life. <laughs> That's kind of how it works. Good way life. to do it. Yeah, I, I grew up in foster care, man. So I had this this initial like sense of you suck as a human. Like my mom didn't want me, gave me away, right? So a lot of my years fighting through um, being adopted by an all-white family, so diversity issues, identity issues, and just kind of growing through not knowing who I was. And I tried to find myself in football, which I did. And I got, you know, I got from sucking as an athlete to being a better athlete, college scholarship, playing the NFL. And then you have it stripped from you. Like anytime you have something that you've been doing and put your all into, it's taken from you, you lose a, like a who you are. It's a really interesting thing. Like, and so it happens in the military, it happens when people lose jobs, lose relationships, right. send kids off to colleges, get a new job. Like there's things that, that shift underneath us. And what ends up happening is we don't know who we are in those moments. And for me, that was kind of like how I, I felt. And then for a lot of people, it's kind of like imagine a fruit in a tree. When the fruit falls off the tree and it withers and dies, like you feel like you withered and died. Like that job got lost, a relationship. And it took me a lot of years to realize, and I'll, I broke my life in this aspect, but it took me time to realize like I'm not the fruit. I'm the tree. I made the fruit. Let me fix this. That was part of it. But no, man, I go, I go back and came out, came out of the NFL, came home, opened a gym, had to refine my identity. I had... My wife had just had twins, which we already talked about how difficult that is. And I kind of left her high and dry to, to go work on the gym and like be Anthony again, this big guy, because who was I without football? I needed to have something else. So, you know, I was at the gym 6 a.m. to 10 p.m., not making any money, getting out of shape from stress, um, losing that, that sense of self in football. The business sucked. I wasn't a present father, like everything. So wife has an affair because uh, she was just wholly neglected. I, I ended up, you know, the business is up and down for years. I'm tear the family apart like everything just falls apart dude and i get to that point where i was like suicidal like i don't want to live here anymore and it took a good fog I, i'll call it a fog for like four years to figure it out man because when things go bad like i so eventually like, I, I came back to the point of like all right i'm just gonna be a single dad i'm gonna figure this thing out but i, I hate this gym business so i'm distracting myself with things that fill that existential vacuum that victor frankel talks about so I'm sucking in all like, you know, I'm hanging out with multiple women and I'm drinking and I'm hanging out and I'm partying things that to not have to be with this guy. I didn't want to be with him because I didn't like him very right. much. Right. I spent a lot of time outside and just doing my thing. And then eventually at this moment where mom passed away in, uh, in 26, 15, sorry, 14, April 15, 2014, she passed. And it, it started having my brain um, think about like, what the world am I supposed to do with this crazy life? Because like she had helped me reach so many levels of life that I was not statistically supposed to after just being a foster kid. Because a foster kid, any prison in America, 75% of the inmates are former foster kids. 50% of the homeless population are foster kids. Less than 1% of foster kids graduate from college. NFL is like 1 in 20,000 high school players will reach the NFL. And like a business, I sold my first business after 10 years. Like 99% of businesses fail in 10 years. Statistically, I'm a creepy anomaly, but it's because of the potential that I was able to reach because of this woman who unconditionally loved me. So I was like, man, when she passed, I was like, I got to wake up. I got I to gotta do something that puts this, this craziness back on path. And so I really woke up one day 
it was like January 1st, 2016, sleeping next to a strange woman who come from Russia who I couldn't even communicate with. And I was like, I feel like a piece of trash. Mm-hmm. Like, this is not who my mom would want me to be. My God would want me to be. My kids would need to see. It just was really, so I woke up and I was like, I got to change some things. And so that was my computer moment of like, this thing crashed. And so what I did is I downloaded all the stuff that I really needed to, to figure out. Because it's how computers work. You sit there and wait and download. I did that, man. Had a lot of tear-filled moments sitting on my couch, staring at a brown wall, spending time with this guy to figure out why his life was broken. Because it was, it was yeah. on me. I had to figure it out, right? And then I started uploading actions into my life to adjust things. And I was like, what is it that I need to do? I, I literally started architecting, like, what, what am I going to be? Like, who am I going to be as a human? What kind of dad? What kind of, you know, husband? What kind of coach? What kind of, you know, just human in the world? What are my beliefs and my thoughts and my actions? What habits do I need to put in place right now that are going to be really difficult to do? And I spent a good like nine months grinding on my life, man. And fast forward, man, I, I fixed the marriage after three years of divorce and custody battle. We're now back married, happy. I got wow. businesses that run amazingly. I, I take care of my body. I'm a present father. Like I've crossed a, a really awesome finish line that I now go back and teach from. I, I, don't, I don't think most people should teach stuff until they've crossed that finish line. And so for me, like I was not in a position to be talking about it until I like, figured it out. And so now that I figured it out and understand how my whole life story adds to what I do and then the psychology and neuroscience behind it, now I come in and say, look, I've lived this. I know what it feels like on the side you're on. Let me help you make an identity shift to come over to this side over here and create the ideal identity and help live you and do it a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's as I'm hearing you tell your, you know, your rock bottom story, I call it my rock bottom bounce. Yeah. Like when I briefly mentioned in college, you know, and it's a shame that so many people like you and I have to hit that rock bottom and you use the word suicidal as, as was I that, you know, for us to be like, okay, shit's got to change. This story ain't going to end well. And it's almost like there's nowhere left to go, but up. Right. And what's, what's really sad is that there's just such a large percent of the population that never hits that rock bottom. Mm-hmm. And they just kind of hover above that rock bottom their whole yeah. lives, yeah. which is like the absolute worst sentence you could you could put on somebody because it's yeah. like just high enough to where they're like, oh, I don't need to do anything dramatic. Like my life's my life's OK. Right. How many people? Mm-hmm. Are, yeah, I'm happy. You know, but are you? No. You know, it's like, you know, give permission. and then it's like, right. Are you back? And then you look at like all these major areas of your life, like your mindset, your relationships, your physical health, your emotional health, your career and your finances. Like, are you balanced? How are you doing on these things? Are you balancing them out? Are you, are you living life to its fullest? Are you grabbing life by the balls? And, they, and it's just crazy when people don't even see that. And it's, it's sad. Right. And then they, they die. And then on their deathbed, yeah. it's like, okay, what did you do with your life? I don't think they don't see it. I think in a world where it's constantly talked about, they see it. The thing is they keep protecting that. Like you just said, I'm fine. I'm okay. And you get addicted to the poison of your life. It's, it's this weird, like, like I think of like a snake handler who gets bit by snakes, right? They ingest a certain amount of poison so that they can get bit by a snake and they can survive. And so my thought is like, stop being a snake handler. Just stop, stop being okay with getting bit by a snake. Like stop right. being okay with that. And so I think people, unfortunately, there's people listening right now who do know that someone's told them in their life, the way that computer operates for a lot of us is the notification comes up, says, ding, you need to update your computer. You want to snooze a computer now? Like, no, I got stuff to do. And then ding, you should update this program. Now I got stuff to do. We keep snoozing the updates. In life, the same thing happens yep. in friends. And if you look at your bank account, if you look in the mirror, these are alerts like, hey, stop eating trash. Like, hey, be better at work. Like, 
you're like, no, 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 I'm gonna just keep doing my thing. And so they're there, but people keep snoozing them. And sometimes they snooze them their entire life and they don't even realize they're operating in safe mode, which if a computer thinking about safe mode, it's like, everything's like, I, function. Like I got yeah. just me and I'm here and like, but you're never fully operational and it sucks. I love that computer analogy. Yeah, you've been using that throughout the, our talk. That's, that's how, that was one of those things that I'm like, I'm a thinker, I do a lot of thinking time. Uh, Keith Richardson has a book on it and it's, I love the concept, but it's like, I spent a lot of time thinking. I was like, how do I make all these crazy book level converse concepts come down to like, oh, that makes right. sense. Eh? And a computer was like, dude, that's exactly how we are. So that's really like, if I can tie to that, people grab it. It's like, oh, so if we're here talking, they're like, oh, that makes sense. I need to go back and, and take a look where I got to download as the information. I got to see the updates. It's how you change your life, man. It's just seeing things same same concepts just oh, different metaphor absolutely well you're right and it's like how can right you need to put it like i was saying earlier you got to connect to people's why and sometimes yeah. and like we were just talking about this things go in one ear and out the other it's like oh yeah i should i know and like you just said like so what you and i said was the same thing we just said slightly different which is i'm like it's sad people don't realize and you're like well i think they do realize it but they're just not acting on it and it's somewhere in between and that it's like they're on this kind of autopilot mode. It goes back to that habits we were talking about. And they've got these failure habits. And it's like, yeah, there's something that says I probably shouldn't do that. But it's not strong enough to be like, my life is being ruined and I'm miserable because of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, right. And then they just yeah. continue on that. But it really is, though. They just they keep getting they keep getting used to the poison. That's the problem. It is. It's enough. I think we at all times in life, we need to have this catalyst in our head. Like I have to have this. The life has to fall apart. Why would you do that? There was one moment I came outside. There's an alligator there, and the sun spoke to me. Like you don't need that moment. Like you need to wake up one day, be like, "Damn it, I'm tired of this," and snap out of it. Like that—that's enough. If somebody asks, "How come? How come you all of a sudden changed?" I just woke up one day. I didn't like it. Like that's okay. That's good enough. You don't need the world to come crashing down for you to do, snap out and think it's serious enough. And if, if people could grab that, someone should wake up today and be like, "I don't like this," and then just go do different things. Right. And if people at home are wondering, like, well, how do I know when that is? I, to me, there's, a, you know, there's a couple different things. It's like when you look like you were saying earlier, I didn't I looked in the mirror and I didn't like that guy. So it's like when you look in the mirror, or, you know, it's that cliche, but it's true. Like, are do you like who you're saying? Are you like, yeah, this guy's awesome. He can do whatever the hell he wants. He's, he's confident. He's, you know, no matter what obstacle gets in his way, he's going to. Or are you like, you know, kind of like looking at it, like you were saying earlier, your old habit, like, oh, I know there's some bad stuff and I just am going to kind of look away. You avoid it. You're strapped, um, yeah. And then another one is like when you wake up every day, right? Now, granted, let me preface this with not every day you're going to wake out of bed and be like, yeah, buddy, no. I can't wait. Mm -hmm. There's always going to be days where you've got stuff. and you got to... But in general, you know, are you waking out up with energy and, you know, you can't wait to, to take on the day? That That's another yeah. big thing. Yeah. And if you get there, move. I woke up this morning like, I don't want to go. I don't want to get on the bike. I don't I want to sit in my bed and I want to go to work. And the thing is, I realized very clearly that like part of who I am is the guy that works. So if I'm going to get on a coaching call with my clients, I'm going to get out in the world. And I, and I know in my heart, I didn't do that thing that I was preaching they should do. I lose a part of myself. I can lose that pride. And pride's a big thing, man. We're talking about the end of the day. How prideful are you? Because when you're prideful, you'll fight for those, those parts of you that deserve that in the moment you're supposed to have it, even if you don't want to do it and you'll, it'll become easy. So like, it's not hard to face the fear we'll call it because it's who you are to do that thing. Yeah. It might be scary for some people, but it's more scary for me to lose a piece of me. And so I'm doing this. Right. And so for me, like I get up and I do these things and it's not joyous every day, but I'm also in love with the process. Like the destinations are cool. Like I'm, I love arriving at certain places of, you know, revenue markers or, you know, reach of people, whatever it is. But like, I'm, I'm serious. Like, okay, cool. 
I like to get back to the process because I love the daily operation. I love my flow. I'm, I'm, I'm almost like addicted to the, the stretch, of course the, you the are. grind, the climb. Because you I mean, know you are addicted. You've developed a routine. Your hat, your, mm -hmm. like we were talking about earlier with habits, you've developed these habits that are working for you. They're doing it on autopilot, right? So you wake up and mm -hmm. sure, you're human. You're going to have that like moment of like, uh, but then you know, you're, you, you've connected to your why of like this, what you're going to get out of it if you do it. And mm -hmm. that's so much stronger than that, that part of you that's going, oh, let's yeah. just stay in bed. Because you yeah. know how good it's going to feel. I know. And I think it's not even a big, like, a oh, million dollars good. It's just like, I'm going to be able to, to go to sleep tonight and still like me. Like, that's, that's the why sometimes. Because if you get yeah. up and you, and you fall short of everything you're supposed to do that day, you go to bed like, nah, I don't know about this guy. And I don't like that. I, I dislike that. I, almost, I would say I hate that feeling. So I go above and beyond to make sure I never have that feeling. I stretch myself so I can love myself and I show up for myself. Well, let me bring this all back full circle to end this. You know, you and I could not be on the more of the same page. And I want people that might have missed in the beginning. Happiness is movement. It's, it's whether it's physically, whether it's mentally, it's growing. Mm -hmm. And the only way to grow is to decide these are the things that I know I need to do make a commitment and then just keep doing it. You've got yeah. a great system. Where can people find, find more info on you to get more help and, and, and learn your system? Yeah, just uh, you go to anthonytrucks.com and you see the programs we have there or just go here to, to Instagram and DM us the word shift and my team or myself will get back to you and give you more information. Nice, man. Well, any, any parting words that you want Part to talk with? Any parting words? Ah, man, I, this is what I do all day. Literally, I think like this week alone, I'm probably like 10 interviews in. It's nonstop for me doing stuff like this. But it's fun. I love sharing these thoughts, these ideas. That's why I spend time doing it. There's one that I find becomes really simple and resonates well with people. But the statement is to own your shift. Uh, to own your shift is, and you hear, it's like own your stuff. Kind of what we're talking about a little bit throughout this, right? Own your stuff. But if you break the words down, I believe they have a good, powerful meaning. That's a good starting point for people watching. The first thing is to own, which means own that there is a problem that needs to be worked on. If you don't own it, you never give yourself permission to pursue progress. So mm -hmm. own that there's something that has to be worked on. Even if you don't want to just own, like, all right, I got to do some work, right? Or you'd already have everything you want. Your, which means even if it's not your fault to be in the position you're in, it's your responsibility. Mark Manson's Subtle Art of Not Giving a F is a really good book about this. Like, it's not your fault for a lot of stuff, but no one's coming in a golden cape to save your life. So man up woman up like you're gonna have to go out and do the work because you're responsible for your life to be better a lot of people now know that in their life is a problem and they know it's on them to do it and they sit and do nothing that's why the shift word is big for me shift is a verb it's, it's an action it's something we do we shift our thoughts our actions reactions habits we shift all these things but you've got to make some shifts to change your life and so if you own this work to do and you understand you got to do it and then you shift and do the work now you can actually have an amazing life and what i call making that's it for today's episode of the Five Core Life Podcast. If you have not already, please follow and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite listening platform. And of course, if you got a ton of value and you think someone else in your network might as well, share the podcast so others can enjoy. That's it. Now it's time for you to go fire on all cylinders. See you next time. Get moving. Build momentum. Join the movement. Go to moremomentum.com to take a free life evaluator quiz on where you currently stand in each of your five cores.